Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, November 10th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Abby Oye Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless, it's November 10th. It is. Which means it's the day after November 9th. It is. Which means God of War Ragnarok is just out. People can just play it. How, how many years did we talk about this game? And like, oh, there's no way it's hidden this year. There's no way it's hidden that year. Is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? It's out now. And we know it's fantastic. And people are just playing it. I mean, Time is a beautiful it's thing. It's, it's, all right, it's all right, I guess. I, it's I, all right. I feel like what you're missing out on is the fact that it's November 10th, which means it's after November 9th, which means it's Sonic two days Frontier, after November baby. 8th. And that means Sonic <laughs> Frontiers oh has been out for two motherfucking days, Yeah, Tim. dude. Two, two days. This is out there. The game. And let me tell people you, people can just play it. Mm-hmm. You can play And let me tell you, it's been... It's been rejuvenation to my soul yeah. to see people on Twitter enjoying this game, yeah. having fun with this game. I watched the Completionist review, mm-hmm. uh, Gerard the Completionist, the homie, uh, excellent, excellent content creator. He gave it a Completionist score of Completed, his highest rating. Wow. Yeah. He made really? a 40-minute video on why he fucking loves Sonic Frontiers. And let me tell you, that warmed my heart. Good for him, Bless, man. Let me tell you something. What's up, Tim? I'm going to tell you something that I think you're going to like. Tell me. I played about two hours of, of Sonic Frontiers, and I was like, ah, I don't know. We talked about it a little on the, the review. Mm-hmm. I played a little more, and I played around with the settings just a little bit. Mm-hmm. The acceleration, the turn radius, all the sliders and stuff. It's starting to feel a little bit more right. Oh, yeah, that's what I love to hear. It's starting to feel that's what I love to hear. pretty good. Oh, man, that's what I love to hear. Let me tell you, everybody, if you're, out, if you're at home playing God of War Ragnarok right now, what I need you to do is just go to that app. Close that app. Mm-hmm. Go to the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store or your Steam Store or whatever store you have access to. Go to your physical GameStop. I need you to go to Sonic Frontiers. Mm-hmm. All right? Press the buy button <laughs> at the GameStop. <laughs> all right? Go ahead and press the buy button. Load it up. And actually, you know what? Fuck it. Go to God of War Ragnarok. Delete that shit. And go play some Sonic Frontiers. All right? Have a good time. Have fun with a fun game. Have a good game. time, everybody. We've all hacked and slashed before <laughs> Bless you in have, Midgard. You've said some unhinged things. <laughs> Uh, as long as I We did it. This is the Sonic most is good. Oh, let's go. We did it, Barrett. Uh, uh, Tim, I, uh, that just uh, reminded me of uh, us been talking about like God of War and stuff. I remember, was it you? There was someone here, I, I remember, who was convinced that this was going to be like a smaller game. And like, it was me. That was you. Okay. Like, it's isn't it insane? Just how big this game is. It's fucking insane. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I was like, oh, Ragnarok, because when they first announced it, the date was like way too soon. It's like, oh, this is probably going to be more of like a Miles Morales type experience where it's not quite a full adventure. It's more of like, you know, a bit more. Maybe we go to a realm or two or whatever. I was wrong. But also, oh, yeah. it, also, that was really it was yeah, years that did later. not come out in whatever, yeah, so. 2020 or whatever. <laughs> God, but I'm yeah. so happy this ended up being the case because, woof. 
What an adventure. What a time to be alive. What, what a, a time, time to be to a be gamer. Alive. Uh, I want I want an update on review season. Because, of mm-hmm. course, I feel like now that both God of War Ragnarok and Sonic Frontiers are both out, right? For a lot of people, this is the, the Christmas of, uh-huh. of um, review season, right? This is the celebration. This is the big event. But there's still more out there, right? Dude, there's, there's still games ton, on the horizon. I, I think that this year is one of the more stacked November, December's that we've had oh, in, yeah. in a while in terms of like quality and in terms of just like those those nice mid games that are out there that are exciting people that have passionate fan bases. But like we still have Pokemon uh, weeks away. Yep. A week away? Week uh, away. Uh, yeah, next wow. Friday. We got, we got Pokemon so close. We have Crisis Core yeah, coming out. In December. We have Marvel's Midnight Suns yep, in December. In we December. have Callisto Protocol. Yep. We have... We got uh, maybe Somerville, Somerville coming out. We got uh, Dark Pictures, uh, Devil and Me coming out still. High on life, high, high on, on life, life coming out in December. Like yeah, for December sp- uh, specifically, I feel like this is a very stacked December. Usually November's are stacked, but yeah, the way that this this November is feeding into a maybe possibly even more, if not just as stacked uh, December, incredible. And yeah, review season is still here. Are you holding? Are you holding up? Are you holding in there? Are you hanging? Yeah, yeah, in there? I'm feeling pretty good because like I think there's a lot of variation in this where there's I think that list of games, at least one of those is probably gonna speak to anyone listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. I feel like we're starting to get fewer and fewer people that are like, I'm gonna play all of those things. Oh, right? of course. Um so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm looking at Callisto Protocol, really excited about that. Sports story. Yeah. Uh, oh, and sports story That's as coming well. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, Callisto Protocol is the next one that I'm like mega excited for getting my hands on. Um Oh yeah, and then Marvel Midnight Suns. I want to give it a, a dabble, but I think that's like I'm not going to play it at launch. I'm going to play that like maybe over break or something. Uh, and then you know Pokemon. I've been talking a lot of shit, y'all. Y'all have heard You've been it talking here. That shit. Kind of funny games daily. I'm like, I don't know. This might be the first gen of Pokemon I don't beat. Which by the way, I I don't understand how many times I can talk about Pokemon and say things. And I understand that people have their opinions. I know Pokemon can be a very very volatile thing to talk about because mm-hmm. the Gen Oneers and blah blah blah. I get it. I am one. It's okay. I admit it. You don't need to tell me and. Like, use it as an insult. It's a compliment, motherfuckers. Um, but here we are where people I see in the comments like, oh, Tim hasn't fucking played a Pokemon game and whatever. I'm like, I beat every generation of Pokemon. Every, every generation. One. Every single fucking one. What the hell what are do you, you want talking about? What do you want from me? You want me to go out there and catch them all? Bless, I looked into it yeah, a couple Jim. nights ago. Couple, catch them so, all. So, hold on. Let, let me continue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm going off here, but this is what we do. Um, Pokemon... Uh, Violet and Scarlet coming mm. out right next week. And I've been saying on the show, I think it's going to be the first gen I don't beat. I don't know. I'm not really antsy to play it. But then last week, I started, or I guess it was this week, I started popping off telling you about the Pokemon anime mm-hmm. where we're getting to the finale and I'm losing my mind. I'm watching all the shit. I'm going back down memory lane. I'm watching shit I haven't even seen before, catching up on the best moments Ash has had on the show, having a great old time. And Pokemon, man, they caught me. I'm back. And I'm like, He's Fuck, back. Well, now I want to play this game. You're gonna, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to beat Pokemon Scarlet and or Violet. Yeah. 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 100%. I think, I think you might be right. 100%. Willed. You made but it this far. Why not just thing. beat the next one? I want to let you know, Bless, that I spent mm-hmm. entirely way too much time two nights ago laying in bed. My beautiful, beautiful fiance knocked the fuck out next to me. All right. Mm-hmm. Moose, Toretto, these two Pomeranians, one of them an asshole, one of them adorable. I'll let you figure out which is which. They're just chilling around me. And I'm like, I could not live a better life. But what do I need to be doing right now at 2.30 a.m. in the morning? I'm Googling, how long does it take to catch them all? If I wanted to start a journey where I'm like, I'm going to make it my fucking thing where Tim Gettys needs to have every goddamn Pokemon. And I started at the beginning and did the whole thing. I started Googling it. Wait, when it you say catch them all, you're talking about 
All of them? I want a living Dex, bless. I want to have every single Pokemon, every man. variation, everything possible. And I looked into it, and I'm like, oh, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I'm like, how can I turn this into content and make it worth it? And I decided by 4.30 a.m., not worth it. No. Yeah. Not yeah. worth it. So Absolutely not. You know what is worth it? Mm. These news stories that we're about to get into. Let's talk about it. Today's stories include hints of Last of Us multiplayer being free to play, Game Awards nominees are incoming, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you a new kind of funny x cast is up right now and mike Gary and Paris are joined by Michael Shore from 343 to talk all about Halo Forge. That is up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, 1UP Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot, Brian Cheney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel, Mind Freak, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedel, Al Tribesman, Jason L., James Davis, at James Davis Makes, Mick, at the Biologist Abramson, Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek Gregg, and Donald Eccles. Today we're brought to you by Factor, MeUndies, and Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Tim, speaking of 2022 in video games, Game Awards nominees are coming this Monday. This is directly from at Jeff Keeley on Twitter. He tweeted out this morning, Monday, the nominees for hashtag the Game Awards will be revealed at noon Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. And fan voting will commence. He posted a promo video that you're watching right now if you're on the video version. And he also says we can't wait to honor the incredible work done across the industry. Now, I made this our story number one, not necessarily because it's the biggest news story, but because that does change how we're going to do things on Monday, Tim. Tim, can you give the the, the lowdown, the laydown yeah. of what is happening? On Very exciting stuff, Les. You know, now that we're we're here together in the studio, we can kind of make content differently and kind of like make things more fun, special events like we did last week with the, the God of War Ragnarok review. Where we're like, hey, let's actually, this is a big game. Obviously, the entire industry is excited about this. We're all excited about this. We're lucky enough that enough of us got to play through the whole game to have a really substantial, meaty conversation. So we did our Gamescast review live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. And Greg and I were talking, like, for when the Game Awards nominees are announced, it'd be fun if we did the same thing, but go through the nominees and do our predictions episode of who's going to win live when they drop. So, 9 a.m. on Monday, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. That's exactly what we're going to do. Hell yeah. The plan is, uh, right now, me, you, Andy, Greg Miller, we're just going to uh, do a games cast live in front of all of you guys going through every single category. And we're going to have to 
make our predictions. Lock them in, bless. Hell yeah. It's a dual reaction to the nominees and also predictions episode uh, to figure out who can get the most things correct. And I'm very excited about it. But before we even get there, right? Again, that's happening Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific time right here. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games as a gamescast meeting. We won't be doing KFTD around that time. Uh, before we even get there. I want to talk about last-minute nominee predictions because, of course, I think I mentioned this before that like we usually don't do nominee predictions for the game awards. Yeah. And now that we're approaching, and now that we've gotten closer, I want to know: Do you have any last-minute predictions? Well, I mean, okay, there's the obvious ones, right? Which I think are clearly Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. Those are the two locks. There's normally mm-hmm. six game of the year. Yeah, plots, five right? to six. Five to six. Last is it, couple is years, right? it's been six. Okay. So, all right, definitely those two. I think Sifu makes it. You think so? I hope so. And and I, I think that 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 uh, it's weird because I think Sifu is an example of a game that um, I think kind of funny is like holds in a higher regard than than like the general yeah. games media does. I might be wrong about that though. I mean, I know review scores are super high, and when we're talking about six games, like yeah, yeah, Sifu will be there. Kirby will be there. Kirby will be there. And Kirby yeah, deserves think, to be there. You think it's game of the year nominated? I do. I okay. think so. Like it's not. It's, in, it's probably going to be my top 10. I don't know if I put it in my top six of the year, but I think enough people will that it'll make its way to game of the year. Yeah, it's in my top five. I, I don't think it has a chance of winning. Oh, you know what I mean? No. But it's like, I think that it'll, it'll well, be there. You say that now, Tim, but let me tell you, there's a game uh, called It Takes Two that won last year. Anything can happen. Yeah, but yeah. It, last year didn't have God of War, Ragnarok, and Elden Ring. They yeah, like it takes two's biggest competition. I think last year was probably Deathloop and like maybe Returnal and a couple of, I forget what else was even nominated. Yeah. Last year was like a great year for like the nine out of 10 games. Whereas this year does have those clear, oh, these are the 10 out of 10, 10 games. 10 out of 10 games with an S. Do you, like, do you yeah. guys think Horizon makes it? 100%. Uh, I, I don't think there's a chance it doesn't. I want to bring in this question from TIE Fighter who wrote in and says, whatever happens with the Game Awards noms, I hope that Horizon Forbidden West gets its due recognition. The game was an enormous step forward in virtually every metric from the first and stands as a unique blend of open world RPG and monster hunting game with some of the best facial animation I've ever seen. Cheers to Gorilla, and I wish them luck. And here's the thing. I hope and I want Horizon Forbidden West to make it in the Game, of the, uh, game Awards nominees for Game of the Year. I'm scared that it might. I feel like this year, uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West got so overshadowed in the same way that, that Horizon Zero Dawn got overshadowed last time by Breath of the Wild. And this time, it being a sequel, it being that thing of it's more of the same. And it, I think it looks better. I think it honestly, I think it plays better. I think it has um, better mechanics and like uh, a better open world. I think everything about Horizon Forbidden West is better than uh, what Horizon Zero Dawn was. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get propped up and praised as much and singled out as much as something special for people. I mean, my thing is when we're talking about six games, and I know we are, we're dwindling on how many remaining spaces there are. I still think that horizon is, is one of the locks. Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine it not being one of six nominees. Uh, when we start get, talking about what else could even be above it, like we're starting to get to some of the indie games, right? Like there, there could be like the more dark horse unexpected ones of like, Oh, whoa, that's cool. Like, I think stray has the potential to like be nominated mm-hmm. by enough people to get in there. But if we're talking about things like that, Horizon's above it. it it's going to mm-hmm. get in there. You know what I mean? And My, like, I, I didn't love Horizon. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I've just realized I'm not a Horizon fan. And that's okay. The game's super, super high quality. It's just, it's the type of open world that I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And that's a personal thing. I'm more of a... Op- uh, a semi-open type person, like the Naughty Dog games, the recent ones, and God of War games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, there's no denying the sheer quality of Horizon Forbidden West. For sure. And I think my worry becomes then, would the people that would vote for Horizon Forbidden West end up just voting for God of War? Because 
that like in a in a what in 2017 when, when Horizon came out, I want to say that was the Sony first party game to make a splash that year, right? Counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Where were the other big uh, PlayStation first party games that came out in 2017? Do those votes that would go this year to Horizon Forbidden West end up just going to God of War Ragnarok? Because I think that is the more uh, I guess propped up Sony child when you're talking about the 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 big PlayStation games, and then love gets gets spread elsewhere, right? Uh- I just don't think it works that way just mm-hmm. because we know that for the nominees, it's like we're, we're nominating five, right? And mm-hmm. it's like we know that they can even go up to six. And I imagine this year there will be six. So, like, let's let's name them, right? Like, just to count, we have God of War, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Kirby. Kirby. I mean, let's just throw Sifu in there. Sure. Which is iffy, you know. Um, what would we just say? Uh, Horizon. So that would make five. Uh-huh. And then after that, yeah, then you get really in the nitty-gritty. I would probably... My money would go on Cult of the Lamb um, because of how much I feel like that really took over a lot of people uh, in the industry for a little bit. My heart, I, I want it to be neon white, but I, I don't feel like many people in the industry or uh, people that like put in votes outside of like us and like Giant Bomb really talk about neon white. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out there. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I know plenty uh, of people that fucking yeah. love, love Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm, but I, I just don't see it getting enough enough votes i don't know what the temperature check is on pokemon legends arceus in that conversation but throwing that in there just for like the popularity popularity aspect yeah. of it i doubt it I, I think pokemon legends is going to get a lot of uh love in other categories but mm-hmm. like my point is horizon's making the list okay right okay. like okay. we just named like that was five locks and horizon's one of them like mm-hmm. so i don't see horizon not getting it and cult of the lamb getting it okay that's fair or like any of those other ones, Vampire Survivors or anything. Like there are games that I think oh. are at that like precipice. Vampire Survivors, I could see getting in there. Yeah. Maybe not over over Horizon, but I think that comes back to the con- to the Sifu conversation of Sifu. If we're talking about the indie games that are the indie darlings per outlet, Sifu is like the kind of funny indie darling. But I know for other outlets, it is going to be Cult of the Lamb. For another outlet, it might be Tunic. For another outlet, it could be Ali Ali World or like the list goes on. Immortality is one for me that I'm like, I would nominate that for Game of the Year, right? But because there's such a a swath of like different indie games that hit that quality of people being like, yo, this is one of the best of the year. Like I didn't even mention um the Citizen Sleeper. I know a lot of people that love Citizen Sleeper. And there's one that just came out that's like a adventure survival game, Signalis. A lot of people oh, are yeah. talking about Signalis uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in that way, right? And Stray is another one of like a lot of people fucking love Stray. I could see any of those getting in. And maybe enough of those getting in that way that we see a game like Horizon maybe get pushed off. But who knows, right? I think the 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 argument you just made for it, right? Talking about the games that would make that six. That gives you a little bit more confidence that we do see uh, Horizon make it in. The yeah. question is, and uh, you know, the question is, where's Marvel Snap? That's all I'm saying. But no, I mean, that's I a good point. Where's Marvel Snap? Like the, the reality is, it's like you know, when we were doing our nominee not nominations for this, it's like we we uh, all had our individual things, and then like we figured it all out. It's like I put Marvel Snap. I know Marvel Snap's not actually going to make it, but it's like I do think the quality is there for this game, and I think that for how the game treats its audience and understand like respects the the whole pay to win all that stuff it was like hey, hey we're not going to do all that stuff in fact we're going to design the game to not screw over people i think is so commendable and on top of that it is fun as hell and rewarding as hell to continue playing but i also understand that not enough people are going to think of it that way and give it game of the year uh and even nominee and for me it's like in a year with God of War and Elden Ring. I'm like, all right, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, then let's go through the list because we're talking mainly about Game of the Year here, but of course there's a t- there's tons of other categories. When we're talking about best narrative, 
Is there a game that sticks out to you? Oh, I guess Marvel God of War. Snap. No. God, Marvel Snap. God of War Ragnarok. I, I mean, it's I, God of War Ragnarok. I said the other day, it's like, yo, this is a lock. There's no way it doesn't win Best Narrative. There, there's just no way. Like, the production value is there. The just, it's. The performances, the writing. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. that goes into narrative is God of War Ragnarok. I know that. A nominee I want to make it in there, and I think has a chance that I hope does make it in there, is Immortality. Immortality, again, is one that I think is just so uniquely done, even compared to Telling Lies and Her Story. I think the the way they approach uncovering that story uh, in Immortality and then also what the narrative of that story is itself, it's so layered, it's so deep, and it's so satisfying to uncover that I would love to see that one make it in there as well. And I can see, I think that could be another place where Horizon uh, gets a nod as well. And even Elden Ring, I know a lot of people don't associate Elden Ring with narrative, but there is that narrative that you're uncovering through actually playing the game and, and, and um, like, See, talking to different characters and figuring out like okay what is going on in this world of Elden Ring that is there that I think is satisfying and is um, uh, pretty fascinating that I could see that slipping in there as well uh, I could see Stray as well yeah I think Stray Stray is the one to keep your eyes on I, yeah. I think when it comes to these awards and stuff there is just the sheer amount of people that are aware and have played and I think that Stray was promoted by Sony in a in such a smart way that there's an awareness to it that I don't think there is for things like Cult of the Lamb or um, uh, Neon White or Vampire Survivors and things like that that might be higher quality games but less people are like rocking for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like more people are like I enjoyed Stray mm-hmm. or Stray really connected with some people and I think those people are gonna rock for it hard. But I think we're gonna get a lot of Stray rep throughout the nominees. I just don't know where. Or I, I, I think it'll. I think it has a chance to get into for for best narrative, um, just because the the story that uh, unfolds in that world, uh, I think personally was uh, really well told, and I think uh, other people were into that outside of kind of funny. Um, I want to give a, I want to give a shout out to As Dust Falls too. Like I would love to see As mm. Dust Falls uh, appear in Best Narrative because I do think that game huh. has a, a story that was absolutely fucking dope as fuck. <laughs> like I was hooked on it. Right, it's another one where I would describe it as like, yo, the drama is thick in this thing. <laughs> I was and, into the drama for sure. Yeah, I like I, the, the straight thing is interesting because I would not put it in Best Narrative. I don't like. I feel, I could name six games I feel like easily that I'll, that I would say had better, better narratives for me than uh, than Stray. Like I'll jump to Live Alive, right? I'll jump to like the games you just mentioned. In Do you terms think of, Live Alive gets any nominations because best RPG? Okay, yeah, I think okay. it, I think it gets there and maybe only there. I could see it maybe for score and music, but I don't know if enough people played it that it would get propped up there. But for sure, like if it's not in best RPG, then you know we're riding. Yeah, isn't that right, Tim? You know the one the the, the thing that I think is just going to be an absolute robbery. Um, is best score for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Where I know that God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring are impeccably scored. They are. But mm-hmm. Shredder's Revenge, shreds, like they, it's fucking shreds, but also they just, they, they, they nailed what they were going for to the point that the final boss music. Oh my God. The final fucking boss music is Wu Tang Clan Dude, rapping so over T Lopes '90s inspired digitals music? It's like y'all fucking did the damn thing. We got Mega Ran on the soundtrack. They fucking killed it. It was so good. It was so special. And I, I just wanted to get nominated because mm-hmm. it fucking. I deserves wanted to it. get nominated for anything. That's my personal fear: is that like TMNT Shredder's Revenge gets like overly ignored. And my my thing, I'm with you, but for me, the thing that I think is special about that game is the score. The most special. Yeah. Like, this deserves an award. It's the fucking score. I listen to that soundtrack constantly. 
Like, it is one of my most listened to Spotify things this the, year. And, the first, and like when the first Wu Tang uh, uh, track pops up, and it's like the first skateboarding level or whatever. That's not Wu Tang, but oh, shit. yeah, that's just a, a different rap song. Okay, the okay. the Wu Tang is just the Shredder fight, and oh, it I is. I thought they did more th- uh, than just so that one good. song. Okay, okay, it's so good. One uh, the what, the category that I might be even most uh, <clears throat> excited about is best independent game. Is it just coming off the conversation we just had of all the games that have come out this year? That's going to be a bloodbath. That's going to be a bloodbath. Like, again, you're talking about uh, Vampire Survivors. You're talking about Stray. You're talking about... Sifu. You're talking about Sifu, right? All uh, Tunic. All these games yeah, that people boy. are going real hard for. Metal Hel- We've not even brought up Metal Hellsinger. That's a good right? point. Another Roller Drone, which fun. I don't think is going to get enough love. And I don't, I don't think Metal oh, Hellsinger yeah. is either. I don't feel like I've... Like, that game, like, really came and went in the yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing with Roller Drone... I, I freaking love it. I don't think that it's it has that that Same. appeal to enough people. Same. It'll like be I, in my top ten for sure. Yeah, I think it is in a year that was maybe slightly less stacked for indie games. Period. Then maybe uh, Roller Drone comes up. But yeah, I'm looking at the categories and I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be tough. It's yeah. gonna be tough. If only you had a better soundtrack, <laughs> Roller Drone. You needed a better soundtrack and you fucked it up. You needed Goldfinger. <laughs> we needed Goldfinger. Tim, mm-hmm. let's talk about story number two. Fortnite. Or a Fortnite veteran moves to Naughty Dog as principal monetization designer. This is Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Fortnite's senior system designer, Anders Howard, has moved to Naughty Dog as a principal monetization designer. According to his LinkedIn profile, the move comes after seven and a half years at Epic, followed by a brief 10-month stint at Ubisoft Stockholm. Uh, Howard was responsible to, uh, to help, quote, form the core of Battle Pass progression strategy, uh, delivering overwhelming value for that product to as many players as possible, his LinkedIn reads. Howard's, Howard's move comes as Naughty Dog continues its development of a new multiplayer-based project in the Last of Us universe. The game was officially revealed at Summer Games Fest in, in the summer, uh, with the Last of Us creator, Neil Druckmann, saying that more of this, quote, very unique experience will be revealed in 2023. Quote, What started out as a multiplayer mode has evolved because of the team's ambition. They really wanted to do something we've never done before at Naughty Dog, and we felt the way to do it justice was to make it a standalone title. They've been working on it for the past two years, and ambition has grown, but we're not quite ready to unveil it yet, uh, Druckmann said on the project. Previous job listings have suggested that the game will be a free-to-play experience, uh, with Howard's hiring suggesting uh, the development team is working on strategies to monetize the title. Howard's hiring could suggest uh, that the team is leaning towards a battle pass system and seasons, which has become commonplace among games in the last several years, mostly in part uh, to Fortnite. Uh, and as I as I was pulling the story, right, I saw that that bit about the free to play experience, right? Previous job listings have suggested that the game will be a free to play experience, which I went. Wait, have they? Did I miss this? What the fuck happened? I then took the hyperlink that was in the article to like try and chase down this free-to-play thing. And yeah, surely enough, uh, there is an article from October 26th, just a couple of weeks ago. Again, from Insider Gaming. I missed Gaming. this entirely. Yeah, I think we all missed this, right? Insider Gaming, new outlet that is, I think, just Tom Henderson. But yeah, he spotted this uh, under a, a job listing, right? A new job listing on the Naughty Dog website has hinted that The Last of Us 2 multiplayer could be a free-to-play title. Under the summary for a live ops producer, it says that Naughty Dog is looking for a, quote, proven experience in a production role supporting a AAA free-to-play live title under the bonus skills section. So there you have it. Tim, is that confirmation enough for us to go, oh, this is going to be a free-to-play game, Last of Us Factions? I, I think that... It's confirmation that that's the plan that they're trying to figure out. Like applying that to the story we just read here, I am so fascinated by this job title, Principal Monetization Designer, which I know people would hear and be like, eh, I don't want that. 
I think you do want that. The fact that they're thinking about it as something that needs to be designed and something that needs to be thought about as an experience, this goes back to what I was just saying about Marvel Snap. Part of the reason I love the game so much is how much it respects me as a player and respects my money and respects my time and actively goes out of its way to kind of like curate the way that I play it so that I'm not just endlessly grinding for no reason. I feel like that is what these type of games need, especially if it's going to be a free-to-play Last of Us title. Like this Last of Us Factions, whatever it ends up being, I think is going to be such a huge step for Sony that, I mean, we've talked about for, for so long. I like to, to credit you, Bless, with being the owner of the, what whatever the number is, 13 oh, live yeah. service like games 10 to that 12, Sony's going to do. At like, least. You got your finger on the pulse of this. You're like, you're figuring it out. You're going to crack the code one day oh, and get, to get it all down. Appreciate it. Um, and with that, I feel this, that Last of Us Factions clearly is going to be one of the, the, the key stakeholder moments of is this going to be a success or not? So they mm. need to kind of get it right. And I feel like they have a lot of things that they can learn from, specifically from Fortnite and the success stories we've already had that handle monetization the right way for enhancing the gameplay experience and keeping people in the ecosystem in a satisfying way. That's the most important part. So the idea that they're talking about monetization designer, I think is really exciting. And I think that that's the right shift for this type of stuff to work because we need somebody that's thinking about how do we make money from this, but then also make it actually a good video game, you know, as yeah. opposed to people that are making games and then money people that are just like, like shoving things in there. There's a design to it. 1000%. And yeah, I, I like that they're hiring people that specifically work for Fortnite because I think Fortnite has proven to be the template of a lot of where multiplayer monetization has gone over the last five years. Um, you know, hiring uh, Howard here who, Again, in his LinkedIn, talks about, you know, helped form the, the core of Battle Pass pr uh, progression strategy, delivering overwhelming value for that product to as many players as possible, yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, that's somebody who you want to work on your team, especially if this is going to be free to play, right? Which this is pointing to. And I do think that there's still potential for this to tie in to PS Plus. That's always been my prediction is that, oh, yeah, I could see uh, pl the PlayStation multiplayer games being a PlayStation Plus extra thing where it is that is how you buy in and that is how they maximize their player base while also at the same time adding value to PS Plus. I don't think that that's the way to do it. And I don't think that's I don't think that's gone yet. Right. Like, I, again, this is just a job listing. So you kind of had, had to take a certain percentage of it with a grain of salt. That said, right, like. I could see it being a, hey, free-to-play, but also if you buy into PS Plus, you get these benefits. Or if it is free-to-play, but if you buy into the, I don't know, the 10 to $20 pack, you then get these benefits like you see in other uh, free-to-play free games in that way. Um, I, I imagine that it'll be more similar to a Halo Infinite situation, in, just in the, the base of how it would function, not in the, the quality of the monetization systems, mm -hmm. but it being free to play purely and then you get other things if you are if a you PlayStation are plus uh, subscribe supporter because i feel like that is um the, that in my opinion that's the right way to to start especially when we're talking about sony kind of launching a new vertical for themselves that they're uh what what's so there's triple there's quadruple what do you say for 13 times i guess you just say 13 times that just doesn't sound as fun yeah you need to figure out a word this I'll is your job okay hey, <laughs> you're the, the unlucky number yeah. so, like, give me give me some time I'll yeah figure you'll it out. figure it out but um they're, they're committing to this right so i feel like they need to to get it right on the on, onset and especially with a brand like last of us especially when last of us is about to uh honestly transform the mainstream game when it comes to stuff with HBO. Like we, we now know that in January we're getting the last of us TV show. That is soon. Go for it. Bless. Tread a couple. Tread a couple. T R E D E C U P L E. 
So also, he's about to tread a couple uh, there. Also known as a baker's dozen. Oh, <laughs> oh let's go. Whoa, give us the smoke. Give us the, the smoke. smoke. Where you at, smoke? <laughs> tread a couple. <laughs> this show's an educational show, everybody. Um, but yeah, no, I think that uh, Last of Us is, I mean, I, I don't need to explain this to you guys. Last of Us is Sony's biggest thing, and it's about to be even bigger. Mm. And if they get people excited about the IP in all the different ways and then offer them a free-to-play multiplayer game that people are actually really into, come on, man. That's the best starting point for their Dreader couple. <laughs> 1,000%, Tim. Uh, Tim, mm-hmm. let's talk about story number three. Uh, speaking of big tentpole multiplayer games, in case you missed it, Halo Infinite's big winter update is available now. This is Anna Diaz at Polygon. 343 Industries on Tuesday finally released key gameplay modes in Halo Infinite, nearly a year after its December 2021 launch. Halo Infinite's big winter update brings in features like Forge, the map and game editor, campaign co-op, but not couch co-op, and a campaign mission replay. Additionally, the patch introduced a fresh multiplayer battle pass along with new maps and play modes. Developer 343 Industries released the update for both Xbox Series X and Windows PC. Of course, the kind of funny X-Cast is out right now that you can go listen to where Mike Paris and Gary uh, talk to a 343 developer all about uh, Halo Forge. Uh, Tim, this is one I, I included here. We're a little bit late on this just because the top of the week had some uh, mm-hmm. stacked news shows. Uh, but this is the one I wanted to make sure to get in there because I think it's a big moment for Halo, right? Like getting in these actual features that have been highly requested yeah. and highly anticipated. For you, like what does this winter update do in terms of just, you know, the content on the paper, does seeing Forge added in, does seeing this new battle pass, the new modes added in, does that make you, Tim, a historical Halo person, get thirsty to hop back into Halo Infinite? No and yes. Okay. No, not right now. Yes, once Forge is out long enough that people have actually used it and created things. And that's the biggest bummer of this is it should have been there day one so that by now we're feasting on all the cool stuff. All these updates do not seem to be the type of things that would get me back in, um, but I, I know that people, some people are still playing this game and enjoying it and are excited about these updates. I don't think that it is going to reach outside of that audience, though. I feel like this is satiating the fans that are already there, and I, unfortunately, I don't know if there's anything Halo can do right now to change that, but broken record, you can agree, disagree, doesn't matter. Halo Battle Royale is going to be the thing that eventually happens. Uh, they can say it's happening or not happening, whatever. I, I think it's going to happen. I think that that is going to be their, their real chance at turning around the narrative on Halo and actually having a player base that people care about. God, I, I'm, I'm in a wait to see place where I had so much fun with Halo in December of last year, right? And then I fell off, and then everybody fell off, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to go back to this thing. Um, and I that really- beta was one of my games of the year. I really want to go back. I really want to go back and play more Halo because I think the, and I'm sure everybody probably agrees here, right? That the, the core gameplay, the mechanics, very fast, satisfying. Love it. Very great. It was just the content that, that, that wasn't there. And, for me, I think Forge was one of the key things I was waiting for because I wanted to see what people were talking about in terms of what Forge has brought to Halo in the past and how revered Forge is as a feature. And I, I, I like the idea of seeing user-generated content. For me, that does bring life into a lot of games. I'm somebody who played a lot of Dreams, probably more more Dreams than most. Uh, and so, yeah, like Forge, I've been I've been excited to see the uh, the fruits of it. But I I think now that Forge is out, now I am in a place where I'm like, cool, now let me wait <laughs> to see the fruits of it, right? Let me wait to see what Snowbike Mike uh, ends up talking about in the weeks to come and going, oh, man, there's this new uh, Jabroni. There's this new map that came out. Oh, you got to play it, Bless. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's play it. You know, I'm waiting for those moments to get yeah. me back into, into Halo Infinite. 
Tim? Mm-hmm. People, of course, can go to patreon.com slash games where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Shady Rays has all the essentials you need to make summer complete. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades and feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for y'all listening right now, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And there you go. Check it out. Shout out to Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver to your door so you can just enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie, Smart, Vegan Plus, Plus Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Moving into the new studio has totally changed Gia and I's day-to-day routine, but luckily, Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy for her to fuel up fast at home and save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more. Head to go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 and use code kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code kindoffunny60 at go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. And shout out to me, Undies. The holidays are officially upon us, and it's time to start celebrating, like actually celebrating. It's your holiday too, so you should be able to relax and do what you love. If that means watching every single seasonally themed rom-com, so be it. Live your life, do your thing. It's the most wonderful time of the year to try MeUndies because they're currently offering a very merry deal. You can get 20% off your first purchase with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Y'all already know how much I love MeUndies, even right now. I'm wearing MeUndies socks, I'm wearing MeUndies undies, and this very t-shirt is made of the same soft, beautifully soft micro-modal fabric that MeUndies is famous for. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you have ever felt, and that is a fact. They're available in sizes extra small all the way up through 4XL. MeUndies has what you need to make all your favorite people smile this holiday season, all in one convenient place. Feel free to start thinking about yourself now. You can get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee by going to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Story number four, Tim. Miyamoto acknowledges it's easier than ever to offer backwards compatibility. That's right, Tim. We did it. Nintendo's figured it out. We're going to get backwards compatible Nintendo games forever going forward. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking no cost oh. to you. We'll see about that. Uh, this comes from Chris Golian at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo director Shigeru Miyamoto has acknowledged it's easier than ever to offer backwards compatibility, but offered a noncommittal response when asked about his plans for the next Nintendo console. 
As part of a Q&A session following the publication of its latest financial results, Nintendo's execs were asked what discussions are being held internally about offering backwards compatibility on a new hardware. While Miyamoto did not specifically state which direction future Nintendo consoles would take, he did state that he believes backwards compatibility is easier to implement in the modern era than it was in the past. Quote, in the past, we provided a service known as the Virtual Console. We, we know. We miss it. <laughs> thanks, Shiggy. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mr. Miyamoto-san. Uh, that allowed users to play older video games on a new console with newer hardware, he said. Quote, as long as the hardware remained unchanged, those games could continue to be played. However, the publishing rights to video games are complicated, and we have said that we would only add titles after securing necessary rights. Of course, video, game, uh, video games developed for dedicated consoles were created in different development environments for each console, Miyamoto continued. Quote, as a result, when the hardware changed, the development environment could not necessarily be reused. And so, the video games that had been released on older consoles could not be played on newer consoles without additional modification. Recently, however, the development environment has increasingly become more standardized, and we now have an environment that allows players to enjoy older video games on newer consoles more easily than ever before. End Hold quote. on. Let me just stop you right there. What's up? So what you're really telling me, my dude out there, all right, you're telling me that things have gotten easier, which really just means everything functions more like a PC than it ever has, so everything could just use emulators like we've been doing <laughs> for decades. <laughs> I, love, I love that Miyamoto is giving the statement in a world where emulators just don't exist, so we have no idea. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, thank you. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a, that's a nifty no idea. idea there. Oh, man. So you're telling me it's hard to play uh, Wii games on a, maybe on PC or on a modern console? <laughs> Nobody's ever figured that out. Let me let me tell you, Bless. It, it, I'll never forget being a dumb kid on Kazaa, all right? And I'm like, ah, oh, I can search for anything here? You're telling me I can find MP3s and videos? Videos including anything that I want to see people do on video? You know what I'm talking about? And then I'm like, I can also search I can search for video games. And then I searched for Super Mario RPG, a game that I missed out on when I was younger. I was like, oh, I definitely want to play this now. I remember I played, obviously, big fan of Mario, right? Mm -hmm. Rented Mario RPG once from Blockbuster, took it home. You open up, you're in his room, and you just, like, can jump on the bed. I was jumping on the bed. I'm like, this is the most fun I'm having. There's too much words in this. What the? I don't want to read playing a Mario game. This is dumb. Mm. Later played Pokemon. Later played uh, Final Learned Fantasy. How to read. <laughs> Learned how to read. And I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. I need to go back mm. to Super Mario RPG, right? So then I was like, I got to do this. Went to Kazaa. You know, totally illegally, but it's all good. Typed in Super Mario RPG. Allegedly, that. Chad. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly uh, past him downloaded this ROM. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to play it. I'm just trying to double click on it and it just wouldn't open because I didn't have an emulator. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm just I clicking on life. this ROM I'm like a, like that a dumb That just gave me a flashback of uh -huh. doing the same exact thing. of like, how do I open this ROM that I got? And like not knowing that I had to go to Project 64 allegedly. Allegedly. And, you know, do the, do the dang yeah, thing. Allegedly. I don't know how I did it, but allegedly I figured out how to play uh, 64 games on my like uh, Android phone in high school. Say, yeah. dude, say, I was in the back of English class playing Earthbound. Oh, I was in the front of French class because that teacher did not give a <laughs> shit playing Mario 64. God. Let, let me put this just plain and simply. The PlayStation Portable is the greatest system of all time. Oh, <laughs> and wow. it wasn't for PSP games. No, oh my god, oh my. <laughs> to conclude the story, right? Miyamoto concluded, quote, however, Nintendo's strength is in creating new video game experiences. So when we release new hardware in the future, we would like to showcase unique video games that could not be created with pre-existing hardware. And Quote. What does this mean for DK64, Blast? That's oh, all I really care about. It means we're never going to see DK64 on these modern consoles. Because guess what? Miyamoto and Nintendo, they want to make new stuff, Barrett. They want to make new stuff. And it's just like, he also brought up the, like, you know, publishing rights get difficult. And it's like, I feel like you're saying that 
just to like ward me off from DK64, but y'all published DK64 <laughs> on the Wii U, motherfuckers. I don't know if he's thinking about DK64. That, <laughs> he is. He is. He's specifically <laughs> thinking about Donkey Kong 64, all right, bless? Don't fuck with me on this Miyamoto's one. That's, to ward that's the my, game DK he's trying 64. to ward us off on because they keep putting out 64 games and we keep not getting DK64. We will. I guarantee we get Donkey Kong 64 on Nintendo 64 online, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Like, for sure, for sure. For sure. I, I have my doubts. He's talking about, like... He's talking about, like, Wayne Gretzky's the, 3D hockey. W, uh, no Mercy and, like, Tony Hawk. Mm, yeah. You know, that type of stuff. Or, like, Diddy, Diddy Kong Racing. Or, like, Toy Story on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Even though, for some reason, to- the Toy Story games are, like, the flagship <laughs> PS3 or, like, pl- uh, PlayStation, PlayStation Plus, Plus extra games that are on that <laughs> service for some reason. Yeah. They're like, hey, guys. And they're not good. You want to play retro games? Here's Toy Story. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Give me fucking Ratchet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, to- they, they, uh, they're, they're doing that finally. Did you see that? All the Ratchet they, PS3 They games. are giving me all the Ratchets. Which they are, are you know, just on the service before they rebranded. Now, give me all the Metal Gears. Dale in the chat says he's talking about Perfect Dark or GoldenEye. And I think, yeah, GoldenEye yeah. is probably, like, the best example of, of what mm-hmm. our boy's probably talking about. They're, uh, they're also putting that on the, the Switch, are they not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah now yeah, they yeah. are. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, but, but they are, but it required a lot of, like, yeah. Yeah, you're work right, you're right. to do. Um, to piggyback off of your story, though, of going back and playing Mario RPG, for me, that was Earthbound, where... Uh, I obviously I played. I say obviously as if everybody knows my life. I played Smash a lot on the N64, right? Mm-hmm. That was my jam, and I really loved those characters. Who the fuck's this yo-yo boy? Yeah, and I was like, who this? Who's this kid with the yo-yo and the bat that's wearing a baseball cap? I want to know more about him. And uh, once I discovered emulation, allegedly, uh, I had my Android phone, like Barrett. Uh, I was in the back of an English class, figured out how to play SNES titles on my Android phone, and I had. I had an Android phone called the Samsung Moment that had a slide-out keyboard. Mm-hmm. And so I was using that keyboard to, like, control my character. And it was fucking amazing. But time. I fucked up, Tim. Uh-oh. Right? Because I was a bit new to the idea of save states. And I got very far, very far into Earthbound. And I was like, this is maybe one of my favorite games ever. I fucking love this game. And then I was like, oh, what's this feature? Oh, like load states, save states? How does this work? I press oh, no. the wrong button, no. wiped all my progress. Oh. Just wiped everything. And to this day, I have not finished Earthbound. Oh, that's got to be a stream. Do you think that's got to be the we new? We got to figure that out. The yeah. new Donktober. <laughs> yeah, that's the new Donktober. Earthtober. Bless. Put it on the same bar where we're gonna get Greg to dress to, up for game ceiling and stuff like that. We get you to uh, beat Earthbound. We also need you to start playing uh, Tropical Freeze. That's another thing that you're on the docket oh, for. Oh yeah, I gotta play Tropical yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze. When I tell you, I got real far in Earthbound too. Like I probably was maybe a few hours away from beating that game, <laughs> wow. and I wiped my progress. You it was know, heartbreaking. Real quick, speaking of. of our boy Ness, mm-hmm. is there a more satisfying sound in video games than Ness hitting the baseball bat Perfectly. when it connects and it does that? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God! Smash so. has such satisfying sound yeah. sound design because they kind of took that sound, the Ness sound, and then just applied it to like critical hits in the future games. I'm yeah. like, yeah, damn right you did. Damn right. Story number five: A Saints Row November update uh, that's been teased is apparently a beast. This comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. Saints Row is getting a huge new update, and it's said to be, quote, a beast, end quote. According to Saints Saints Row's patch hub, a new update is on its way in November, and it sounds as though it's going to add a lot of new features. Quote, We'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you for your patience while we get this uh, this update ready for release, developers confirmed. Quote, it includes over 200 fixes and quality of life updates, so it's a beast, end quote. 
The update includes plenty of new features, but most notably, it improves co-op. That's right, Saints Row's co-op system is getting an upgrade, making it much easier for you to team up with your friends and rain chaos upon Santo Aliso. Uh, the, up the upcoming update will launch later in November and also includes more balanced combat encounters, more Saints roaming completed districts, more vehicle slots in seven new garage locations, uh, more pedestrians and police, uh, easier to escape notoriety levels, a voice pitch slider to customize your character further, and PS5 haptic feedback. More saints, more rows. More saints. More beasts. More rows. And they're all beasts. Uh, go get them, Saints Row. Uh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that they're still updating the game and fixing a lot of the, the, the issues there because, God, that was such a heartbreak when I played. When I got, what, like 10 hours in? I, I forget how many hours in I got, but I got quite a ways in and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, oh, that game I'm hurt sorry. my heart. Hurt my heart. I'm sorry, Bless. Thankfully, that wasn't what happened with Sonic because I was scared that that could have been Sonic as well. I was like, if I rage quit this Sonic game, mm -hmm. I can't. I can't take this this many heartbreaks too close to each other. And thankfully, thankfully, I had a lot of fun with Sonic. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Is that a Kingdom Hearts reference? No, that? it's a Nicole Kidman AMC commercial reference. <laughs> it's so creepy, Tim. When whenever she looks directly at the camera at the end, it feels like a thriller movie where she like found out that we're here and she's staring at <laughs> her soul. Found out that we're here. <laughs> Somebody whispered in the ear, like, "Oh yeah, they're there, they're there." <laughs> oh my God, Nicole Kidman breaking the fourth wall and coming out like the ring. <laughs> she like reaches her hand through the screen. Next. It's so creepy. That's so funny. Let's run out the Roper Report story number six. Uh, this is a PSA for y'all. Stay safe on these Twitter streets, y'all. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. High-profile individuals and companies, including the likes of Nintendo and Valve, are being impersonated on Twitter following the launch of the service's new paid-for verification system. Prior to Elon Musk's $44 billion acquisition of the platform, Twitter independently verified and awarded certain accounts indicated by a blue checkmark based on them meeting certain requirements. These accounts were deemed to be active, notable, and authentic ones of public interest. But there's now another way for anyone to get verified, which has resulted in potentially harmful consequences. The new $7.99 Twitter Blue monthly subscription services, or sorry, service uh, enables anyone to pay to have a blue check mark on their account without undergoing a review to confirm if they meet the active, notable, and authentic criteria. Musk previously claimed that the new system would act as a deterrent to spammers and scammers, but hours after its rollout on Wednesday, it was, it was also being used to promote untruths. A fake but verified <laughs> Nintendo of America account recently popped up advertising an unannounced Super Mario Galaxy game. It also published an image of Nintendo's mascot giving the middle finger, which if you're watching the video version, Barrett has pulled up right now. Barrett, I just, on the dock, I, I put a different version of this tweet that I want to bring up because it is very funny. A verified Valve account was also used to announce Ricochet Neon Prime, which was billed as the next competitive platform uh, from the company behind the Half-Life series and leading online digital game store Steam. While it turned out to be fake, it nevertheless spawned its own thread on popular gaming forum, Reset Era, before users identified it uh, as a ruse and locked it. So <laughs> this response killed me, <laughs> where quote-unquote Nintendo of America tweets the picture of Mario like, flicking us off, and then someone replies, Mario would never do that with a sad face, and then Nintendo replies, well, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe this That's was so a good idea. Funny. That's fucking hilarious. This is a good idea. Look. This whole thing, I can't wait till we're just we're past this phase and era of Twitter, and like we just understand what is actually going to happen going forward. What's verification going to look like? What is all of this? But like, and I get it, it's for the memes and all that stuff. People are are overreacting to this shit so much, like acting as if ever 
we didn't always have to like when we see some crazy news click in and verify to make sure it's real this has been our life for the last 10 years yeah how many anytime i've seen oh this nintendo says something i'm like i don't believe it until i verify it yeah nothing Hmm. has changed it's the same thing with uh what nibel was talking about when nibel was leaving twitter and stuff like that and uh not being able to get verification there were so many fake nibel accounts that would like every once in a while like pop off and you would have to and sometimes we would get got and then you know yeah Exactly. Exactly. So just... maybe I just we're used to already doing the due diligence of mm-hmm. verifying this stuff when there's this nonsense man making nonsense decisions right now. It's like this is so fucking stupid. Don't get caught up in the stupidity of it all. It did. It has interrupted a lot of my Twitter scrolling because today, this morning, it was a um, Studio Ghibli tweeted out a video of their collaboration with Lucasfilm, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. When I tell you, I saw that pop up on my timeline multiple times, and I just assumed it was fake <laughs> because of the For new sure. verification system. But but hold on, let me ask you this. Look, mm-hmm. Real question. Did you assume it was fake because of the new verification thing, or did you just assume it was fake because if at any moment you had seen that, you wouldn't believe it? Because that's it where both. I'm at. It, it, let me tell you. It was both, and, uh, and when I both. saw it for the fifth time, I clicked into the profile, saw that it had 1.4 million followers, and I still thought it was fake. Me, me too. <laughs> I was me like, too. This, is, this is a real good count, right? And it's, it's, it's frustrating because a lot of these changes feel uh, – and this is a video game podcast. It's not necessarily an Elon Musk Twitter podcast, but a lot of the Twitter changes just feel so fucking like – Oh man, I got the power, and now let's shake shit up for the sake sake of shaking shit up. It feels like a baby man running a. It's a disgusting abuse of power. Like it's, it's, and again, we all know. And it's just annoying. Just get past it. And it's just annoying because, like, now I go. We we have the verification tab on Twitter, right? Where we go to to see, like, okay, who's verified that's interacting with my stuff, and it's usually like. It's usually useful for the fact of, oh, this person followed me. They're verified. Let me see who they are, what they do, which is very relevant for our job. If they're in the games industry, it's cool to know that, okay, this person is in the games industry. Maybe I should follow them back because they work at a certain studio or whatever the thing may be to help us do our jobs better. Right? But now I look at my verification tab, and let me tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, let, let me tell you how many one follower accounts that are verified f- started following me in it's the last the, couple of days. It's the Patrick it's meme of him coming home, seeing people below his rock and being like, who are you people? Who are you people? <laughs> That's why verification tab is starting to turn into um but these are first world problems tim and tim figuring out what the end game the end goal of twitter is going to be is just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to my drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday Today, we got Vampire Survivors for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. This Way Madness Lies for PC. Dying Light 2 Bloody Ties for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Among Us VR for PC VR, MetaQuest 2, and MetaQuest Pro, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we got Lords and Villains for PC. Fabular, Once Upon a Space Time Early Access for PC. Star Sand for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Lunastus for PC, uh, Escape Academy, Escape from Anti Escape Island for PC. PS- <laughs> <laughs> Why would they put Escape in there three times? <laughs> yeah, they did, dude. Escape from Anti Escape Island. I'm also very excited for that. That's PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One. Jurassic World Aftermath Collection for Switch, uh, Kowloon High School Chronicle for PC. Police Simulator for Patrol Officers oh, for everything. No. Oh, God. Uh, and then we got Pro Basketball Manager 2023 for PC and mobile. We got some new dates for you. The Tower to the Bottom plunges toward Paradise on Switch and PC on January 19th. And then Freedom Games announced today its plans to kick off 2023 with five anticipated 
port releases uh, release dates for Nintendo Switch. Starting with, we got Monorail Stories, the award-winning asynchronous multiplayer narrative experience from Steelix Software. That's coming Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Mars-based, the out-of-this-world farming sim from KZ Games. That's coming out January 26, 2023. Monster Outbreak, a retro-inspired 2D tower defense survival game from Game Munchers. Game Munchers. <laughs> game Munch. Uh, that's February 9th, 2023. Tyrant's Blessing, a tactical turn-based RPG from Mercury uh, Game Studios. No relation. That's coming out February 23rd, 2023. And then Terracotta, an action puzzle pixel art adventure from App Normals. That's coming Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Mm, and uh, just uh, uh, further for you, Bless, for Vampire Survivors, that'll also be on Game Pass. It is, yeah. So, Good call. Uh, for people playing on Xbox, there you go. Try it out. Yeah. Follow that under... An extra deal of the day for you. Uh, and then another new date for you. Bandai Namco has announced Tales of Symphonia Remastered will be released on February 17th, 2023 for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I'm so excited that we're at that part of the year where now the new dates are, are 2023. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's Hell go. Hell yeah, man. Uh, deals fast. of the day for you. Evil Dead, the game, and Dark Deity will be free to claim from Epic's PC store from November 17th through November 24th. Uh, they will replace Alba, a wildlife adventure, and Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, which are currently free to download until November 17th. And then Battlefield 20. I was going to say 2024. I was like, no, wait, we're not no. soon. <laughs> Battlefield 2042 is available. It's not 2042. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, it is. It's not 2043. No, it's 2042. No way. Hold on. It was 1942 and then 1943. We haven't got to 2043 yet. Yeah. We don't have 2042. Fucking video games. That's wild. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is available on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and EA Access starting with Season 3. Now it's time. For kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Globe, globe, globe. Somebody wrote it about Oni Chanbara and saying that we we're mispronouncing it. <laughs> <laughs> Three days in a row, bless. Let's see. It, oh my God, you're right. This is the third day in the row in the row that we're talking about Oni Chanbara. Love it. I'll read it. Pachi writes in and says, "Sorry, it's not really important, but you're saying Oni Chanbara when it's Oni Chanbara." <laughs> I hadn't heard of this game before, so I thought it was full of. Hold on, hold on. So the difference in how he spelt it here. The original says O N I I. Uh-huh. And he said it should be O N E E. But the, I don't know how to say those differently. Ani? Ani? Is the pronunciation different? Is it Ani? Ani Chambara? Ani? Oni? I would need to ask Alyssa. And it's Oni. She would know. Oni? I, yeah, I think it's Oni. It's Oni, Oni Chambara. Oni Chambara? One Chambara? One. One. One Chambara? Two E's don't make that sound. Uh, I don't depends know. on where, like. I never the, took Japanese. Yeah. And then, well, oh, here we go. Here we're, we go. we're stuck. Yeah, Nano yeah. writes in and says the following games are PS4 exclusives in 2017. We have Zero Dawn, Lost Legacy, Neo, GT Sport, Knack 2, Gravity Rush 2, and Everybody's Golf. And I apologize. Two, baby. I take it all back. Horizon did have a PlayStation first party competitor in the form of Knack 2. Hold yeah. on, just, just real quick. I just want some clarification because I see the chat talking about this. In Japanese, it does. But when you're trying to explain to English speakers how to pronounce something and you're spelling it phonetically, it does not. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. You're wrong. I got, you got to give me a phonetic. So it's One versus Oni. So chat, are you telling me that it's One Chanbara? One. One Chanbara. Appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, in the U.S., Persona 5 also came out in 2017. But I know that's not a PlayStation first-party studio. For but sure. it was exclusive at the time. A good call. Good call. And then that's it. That's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We killed it, Tim. 
We did, dude. We killed so it. proud of us. You know proud what's, of us. what's wild, Bless? What's that? Tonight, the final episode of Atlanta ever. What? No, it's, it's the finale? It's the finale, bro. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. We're already yeah. here. That's really. Have you been keeping up oh, with the yeah. season? What a, what a wild, wild season. season. Of TV. I'd say a little uneven. Some some of it on my own. Yeah, know. like some's weird, but like I I'm very excited to see how they they wrap it all up. I'm so sad. Yeah. Damn. Holy cow. We're, we're Two right, episodes right ago, the mockumentary one. Oh my god. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten baby. out of ten. Ten out of ten. Tomorrow's host for kind of funny games daily are gonna be me and the one and only. Jordan Midler from Video Games Chronicle. So get hyped for that. If you're watching this live after this, is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with Mike and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.